let's reset some stuff we talked about yesterday. And let's make it more basic. Should the Steelers be happy with 13-3, and three, but one and done in the playoffs? Because if it look, if you look closely at what the owner said yesterday, Art Rooney II, it sure seems like he thinks that. Can the Penguins win a third straight Stanley Cup? I think they can, but I think this year's formula has to be all three big guns blasting away at the height of their powers. Because I don't think the Penguins have the depth to just grind out four series like last year. Are you okay with the Pirates charging more for you to see the San Francisco Giants at PNC Park now that the Giants have Kutch? The Pirates have always charged more for certain teams and big-ticket occasions. But this just sucks. More money when Kutch leaves, more money when Kutch comes back. So there you go. Please do comment by dialing 412-333-WXDX. We got Donnie Iris on at 3.30, 75 years old, almost, and he is still Pittsburgh rock and roll. At 4.30, we're going to talk Penguins with Josh Showy of The Athletic. I called Millville Lanes just to make sure there still is a Millville Lanes. Not only is Millville Lanes open, but they have league play booked from 6 p.m. till close every night of the week. The only time lanes are open is from 3 p.m. till 6 p.m. I hate most places, but I love Millville. Pat McAfee is still not the Indianapolis Colts coach. I cannot imagine what they're waiting for. Uh, By the way, Josh McDaniels' agent dropped him after McDaniels reneged on taking the Colts job, and the agent told McDaniels he was committing professional suicide. The agent is mad because McDaniels broke his word. Right, because all agents are totally honest. Uh, McDaniels did break his word, and that sucks, I guess, but McDaniels obviously had cold feet. Should he take a job he was shaky about just to keep his word? Because I would not. This reminds me of when Eric didn't show up for his wedding with Donna at the last minute on that 70s show. Except it's nothing like that at all. I still think the Patriots owner, Robert Kraft, he wanted to screw the Colts because they ratted out Brady for Deflategate. No doubt on that. Uh, Lonzo Ball and his girlfriend are expecting a kid. That poor baby has no idea what it's in for. The Pens have a couple interesting games coming up this weekend. At Dallas tomorrow night and at St. Louis on Sunday. Uh, Both the Stars and Blues are in the playoffs right now, but not a lock. Same deal with the Penguins. Boy, there's a lot of teams like that right now in the NHL. A ton of teams still have a lot to play for. But if Sid, Gino, and Kessel continue to slice and dice, boy, it's going to be one heck of a race for the scoring title. you got nine players within six points, and that includes three Penguins. I'm starting to get that trade deadline itch again. It's under three weeks away. Or maybe I'm just getting that playoff itch. Or maybe it's just eczema 
in 2016, the Pens were just the best team. In 2017, the Pens were the last team standing. If they're going to win a third straight cup, the big three have to run amok like they are right now. Chris Letang has to be at his best, and so does Matt Murray. In the past, it's been a true team effort, but this team doesn't have that kind of depth. Uh, Alex Burroughs got suspended for 10 games for kneeing New Jersey forward Taylor Hall in the head. Uh, Burroughs, the Ottawa guy, real cheap shot. Uh, that's all the NHL is saying. Any other information is on a knee-to-nose basis. I hate to admit it, but I stole that from King Blogger. Vince uh, Williams was on Twitter agreeing with Art Rooney about how focused the Steelers were this year. If any Steeler needs to shut up, it's Vince. At least guys like A.B. and Bell are good. Vince is just some jabroni pretender. The basic message of what Art Rooney said in his various media appearances is, we went 13-3 and and that's real good. I don't see it that way. I see 0-1. 0-1 in the playoffs, and that's what matters. 13-3 and was against a lot of jabroni teams and a lot of backup quarterbacks. When the Steelers played team with discipline and focus, they lost. And they lost because they flinched. Listen closely there. They lost because they flinched. They couldn't punch it in at the end against New England. They flinched. And they fell behind 21-0 right away against Jacksonville. They flinched. The Steelers don't have focus. So in key situations against good teams, they flinched. If you think 13-3 and and then being one and done in the playoffs, if you think that's good enough, terrific. But I don't. I watched that 30-for-30 last night. Uh, the two Bills, Parcells and Belichick. And I don't necessarily like either individual. But they coach football the way I want my team to be coached. They coach football the way I want my team to be coached. I'll talk more about that at 4 p.m. There was this huge fight at a high school basketball game between Clareton and Manesson. The players fought, and then the stands emptied, and the fans fought. I don't know what discipline should be taken. Part of me says suspend the programs for the remainder of the season. But probably the best idea is let the teams finish out their season, but all games must be played in an empty gym. Empty gym games. That includes road games, too. If the teams play games in an empty gym, any trouble could only escalate so far. Uh, There's all kinds of recruiting news for college football because we just had National Letter of Intent Day. But I hate to talk about that because there has never been a less exact science than evaluating high school athletes. Penn State got the fifth best recruiting class. That's good. But let's see how those players turn out. And the recruiting drama has been dialed down locally because there are so few blue-chip high school football players in the Whippeal these days. And Jerkovich, the quarterback from Pine Richland, he signed with Notre Dame about a million years ago. 
Uh, somebody asked me what I'm going to talk about when the Penguins are done and the Pirates suck. Well, in the immortal words of Dr. Hunter S. Thompson, when the going gets tough, the weird turn pro. To that end, shocking news out of Venezuela. The mother of Pirates catcher Elias Diaz has been kidnapped. To repeat, the mother of Pirates catcher Elias Diaz has been kidnapped. I hope the kidnappers don't go to Bob Nutting. He'd probably try to offer them Josh Harrison. 412-333-9939. At the bottom of the hour, we got Donnie Harris, King Cole, 105.90X. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Yeah, the intensity and the talents. Hey, what's up, Mark? Big fan. Adults don't want kids to be funny. I'm immature, so I don't count. The X at 105.9. The New York Rangers released a, a letter to their fans saying, in effect, we stink, and we're going to try to trade our old guys and try to rebuild. It's like a written surrender. The Rangers have dropped to last place in the Metro. So I can see them doing that. I just can't see them announcing that. Uh, Connor Sheary was wearing a no-contact jersey for part of Penguins practice. And assistant coach Mark Recchi was filling in on line rushes. Hey, maybe Rex has... One more game left in him. But the word is that Sheary is probably going to play this weekend at Dallas and St. Louis. Carterani is day-to-day. And Kuhnhockel is week-to-week. So Sheary probably going to play maybe Ronnie, too. Uh, just in case, the Penguins called up center Teddy Bluger from Wilkes. Uh, Bluger has 12 goals and 14 assists in 45 games for Wilkes. I'm a bit surprised Bluger got called up instead of JSD, who did okay when he was with the Penguins. The Penguins' lines at practice were the consolidated version, bunching the stars up. Gensel, Sid, Rust, Haglund, Malkin, and Kessel. Zach Aston Reese with Shan and Sherry. And then Simone and Reeves on the fourth line. Uh, here's news that isn't exactly news. The Pirates recently uh, put $2.6 million into reimbursements. Excuse me. I gave away the punchline there. Recently put $2.6 million into renovations at PNC Park. And they will be reimbursed by the city. The Pirates were just printing money. What with the TV rights and the revenue sharing and the tech payment. The Pirates put $2.6 million into renovating their ballpark, which was paid for by taxpayers, and now that $2.6 billion, million pardon, will be reimbursed by the city. Now think about this. The Pirates got $50 million, a balloon payment, one time. Actually, it might be more than one time. I think it was a huge buyout figure. But at any rate, they're getting $50 million this year as part of MLB selling its tech properties, dot-com and so forth, to Disney to operate. 
and they got 2.6 mil from the city for renovations at PNC Park. Like I said, Bob Nutting wants every dollar, every single dollar. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, Apparently, there's going to be more change within the Steeler coaching staff. There's a report that the Steelers are talking to Carl Dunbar about being the defensive line coach. He's currently an assistant at Alabama. Before Bama, Dunbar was an assistant with four NFL teams. Now, the Steelers' current defensive line coach is John Mitchell, and he's 66. Mitchell talked about retiring a few years ago, but... According to Jerry Dulac in the Post-Gazette, Mitchell will coach in 2018, but somebody may be brought in to work under him, like Dunbar, which is stupid. You're either the coach or you're not. But everybody gets to have a happy ending. They don't want to fire John Mitchell. He won't retire. So, hey, John, stick around. You won't really be the line coach. Or, hey, Dunbar, maybe you won't really be the line coach. Maybe we don't have a line coach, just two guys who each thinks the other is the line coach. But, hey, it can't hurt to keep a guy around too long. Look how great it worked out with Dick LeBeau. Oh, no, wait, his defense blew chunks the last couple seasons. I'm not saying John Mitchell should or shouldn't be fired. I'm saying you only need one defensive line coach. That's it. That's all you need. Uh, All this is just tweaking. The Steelers need to change the culture, which they will not do. Uh, Donnie Iris joins me in just a few moments. I was at the first of his birthday bash triple header uh, this past Saturday at Greensburg's Palace Theater. It was terrific. And uh, the second show is this Saturday. I was just at the website for Greensburg's Palace Theater, which is a marvelous venue. There are exactly five tickets left for Donnie on Saturday. Exactly five. So if you want to go, uh, go to the Palace website. There's exactly five tickets uh, left. And then the third show, the three-peat, is Saturday, March 10th. There are great seats still available, which is to say more than five right now. Going to be great to talk to Donnie. Uh I feel great empathy toward Durani's career path because, uh, well, they had that that kind of, would you call the rapper by the Jaggers, which Donnie wrote and sang, would you call that a novelty song? I think in the day it kind of was. But uh, when Donnie really broke a big as Donnie Iris with the Cruisers, he was 37, I think. And that's about when I got my start in radio. I got my you know first radio show at 36. And uh, part of me thinks that, part of me's pissed because I should have made it much earlier given my incredible IQ and dripping charisma. But part of me thinks that waiting made me more grateful for it having happened at all. That That's one of the things we'll talk to Donnie about. He, he's just so good. He's 75 years old, well, just about, and he's still just so good. Up next, it's King Cool, Donnie Iris. 105.9 The X. And now. 
now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hello, is this Mark Madden? Mark, this is the big Norm McDonald. How the hell are you? What's going on now sucks, but that sucked too, and it was boring. The X at 105.9. My guest right now is Pittsburgh's number one rock star ever. He's in the middle of three birthday bash concerts at the Palace Theater in Greensburg. The next one is this Saturday. From Newcastle, Elwood City, and most of all Pittsburgh, he is King Cool, Donnie Iris. Uh, Donnie, the first birthday bash was this past Saturday. I was there. It was great. You had so many friends and family there. That must be a great feeling to celebrate all that. Yeah, man, it was great, man. I, I thought somebody told me you were there, and I didn't know where, but I guess you were up on the right hand, I guess my right. I was in the opera box, the- correct, Donnie. I, 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 you were in line. There was that big line to meet you afterwards. I didn't want to cut in front because then people yell at me. <laughs> that, wouldn't be, that wouldn't be something you wouldn't do, would it? <laughs> well, <laughs> well I, 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 I didn't that time. Anyway, uh, hey, you're going to be 75 in a couple weeks, and happy birthday. Uh, how can you still perform and sound like that? You move better on stage than I do walking up steps. <laughs> Thanks, man. I just I have a great time up there, man. And it was nice having all the you know everybody there. My daughters were there. My grandkids were there. It was just it was great, man. It was great. <laughs> now your band, the Cruisers. Has three yeah. out of four original members, uh, not including you. Four out of five, including you. How'd you yeah. pull that off? I mean, no offense to like Foreigner or Leonard Skinner, but they each got one guy left. You guys have stood the test of time together. Yeah, yeah, our guys are just. Uh, I mean, we're, they're doing other things now, but they still we still perform together. And a drummer flies in from California every time we have a gig. Wow. A bass player comes in from North Carolina, so. Somehow we were able to just, you know, keep everybody together and get together when we when we need you for a gig. But yeah, I mean, I don't know how that happened. The only missing guy is uh, the old bass player, and I think uh, the bass player we have now has been with us for at least fifteen years, twenty years, maybe. So he's he's like an original man. Now they showed a great video before the concert with a lot of old clips from the '80s. How vividly do you remember? those days and it was terrific to see that stuff yeah thanks man i mean i remember most of it it was um you know especially especially some of the things that we did uh we filmed a lot of a lot of the stuff that you saw there a lot of that things that you saw were filmed from when we were on the road and i remember most of that but uh i mean we're talking what, 1981 up until 1983 or four, I guess. So, But, yeah, I remember most of it. Yeah, it's funny. I was saying on the show yesterday that I've seen you guys play maybe 20, 25 times, maybe more, but, but I have trouble pinpointing exactly when and where from way back when. Like, before you guys broke a big, you played in a lot of, you know, uh, places that were off the beaten path, and I remember, but I don't remember the exactitudes yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, I I don't either, man. I mean, we've made I've played so many places, including when I was with the Jaggers. I mean, we played all these clubs in Pittsburgh. Half of them I don't remember. I mean, I remember Mancini's and the Staircase and you know those places, but I know there were a heck of a lot more than that. 
Now you didn't yes. you didn't break it big as Donnie Iris until you were in your late thirties. Were you ever close to calling it quits, Donnie? Getting a real job, leaving rock and roll behind. You know what, man? It was totally by luck that we just uh, that Mark Avsek, my keyboard player, and I we happened to be in the same band. We were with, we were in Wild Cherry together, and 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 he and I decided to go in the studio and, and do stuff. And just by whatever it was, man, we had the we had the magic or whatever going in the studio, and we just happened to. That's when we did love. Uh, that's when we did Leah and uh, Agnes and all those songs, and they just happened to hit. And you know, I guess I really didn't have a chance to to, to think about hanging it up. <laughs> well, let, let's stay with the 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 writing partnership of you and Mark Avsek because you guys have written some terrific songs. What was that process like for you guys uh, back then? How long did it take to write a, a typical song? Because I think writing a good song is so difficult, and I know every musician really has a unique process. Yeah, well, you know what? Some of the songs Mark and I sat down and wrote together around the piano, and uh, and Leah was one of those songs. And then we had other ones like Love is Like a Rock. We went into the studio and just did some you know, some jamming. We just put the band together and put down some rhythm tracks and then wrote the lyrics over top of that. So it depends on what song it was. Uh, you know, there was a, there were a lot of them were written as, uh, as just chord progressions put together and then, uh, and then lyrics and vocals over top. We're talking to King Cool Donnie Iris. The second of his birthday bash shows is Saturday at the Palace Theater in Greensburg. Uh, Donnie, when did you realize you were going to make it? I think it had to have been Leah because I remember hearing that song on the radio and then again the next day and again the next day and then twice the next day. That song was like a forest fire, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, it hit it hit hard. We were, uh, I mean, we, we did the song on a small label out of Cleveland and, and we had a nice, a, nice, uh, uh, a nice bunch of guys behind us trying to promote the record and they sent it to all the radio stations and then we started hearing all this feedback from Boston and St. Louis and Dallas and all these places uh, besides Cleveland and Pittsburgh that just jumped all over that record man and I thought what the heck is going on here man <laughs> and it, it just hit it's just one of those things Mark I can't tell you what it was or how it happened but it was one of those songs that just kind of jumped out at you on the radio it really did your songs always have great background vocals how important are they to the formula well you know what that was as, as a singer myself in the jaggers we did a lot of background vocals we did a lot of vocal harmonies and and i love that man it's just you know listening to the old soul stuff the old temptations and all that kind of stuff with those three and four part harmonies it was my favorite, favorite stuff. So that's one of the things I wanted to accomplish when we went into the studio. And and uh, I stacked my voice up time and time again, one note over top of another, I don't know how many times, to get a real nice, thick vocal harmony blend back there. And I just love that. I love, I love background vocals that, uh, that, that just kind of jump out at you. What's the best song you've ever written, uh, Donnie, and why? I mean, I'm not saying what's the be what 
what's your favorite song, I guess is what I'm trying to ask, the one that you prefer most? That's a good question. I mean, obviously, Leo was the one that, that broke and, and broke the band. Uh, I mean, there's so many songs. One of the ones we started doing, you, you heard it Saturday night with Pretender. Do you remember that? I do. I do. That's the first time you've played that. I got to be honest, Donnie. I don't remember you guys having played that live. Yeah, I don't think I don't remember doing it live either, man. But it, we did years and years ago. We brought some of those old songs out of the mothballs and just tried them again. And uh, that now it's become like one of my favorites. I love doing it live. It just I just love the way it feels, the way it sounds. Um, so yeah, I'm glad we 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 went back to that King Cool album and just. Uh, learned all those songs over again, ones we haven't done for years. Now, I want to get yeah, back to how... Pretender is one of my new favorites. Say it again? The pretend. Oh, I thought you guys tore it up with that on, on the Saturday. Now, I want to get back to how you can still move on stage. I mean, do you work yeah. out? Do you watch what you eat? How do you prepare for a show? No, man, I don't do anything. I mean, the only thing I do, I can't do anything in the wintertime because I like to go outside. I like to play golf. I don't know if you know that. I, oh, I do, That's, exactly. Yeah, that's about all I do, man. I don't, uh, I don't do any working out or anything like that. But the music gets me going on stage, man. I just start, you know, I just start doing what I do on stage. Plus the, the people, the people get me fired up too. But no, I don't, uh, you know, I don't go to the gym. I don't do any of that stuff. Well, me neither. But it, but it, but it shows in my case. Now, <laughs> it, it's so great. I, I saw the video and I saw your, your mom. Had, had a yeah. little uh, clip in there. I think it's so great your mother's still around, 96 years old, and she must yeah. have taken a lot of joy in your success over the years. Oh, yeah, man. She's, she's great. She's just, yeah, 96. She's still doing pretty good, man. I just, it's hard to believe. I got an aunt that's 98. Wow. And then, and then another one that's uh, not a blood relative, but, but close to the family that's 101, man. So I don't know what it is. The, the cool thing about it is, yeah, my mom is all into it and everything, and and my dad was the same way. He passed away about, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, and uh, I remember I was going to Slippery Rock at the time. I was going to be a teacher, and I decided for some reason I just got so back into music in college that I, I just I wanted to quit. And my, I thought my dad was going to raise hell, but he, he said, you know, he said, uh, he said, "Go for it, man." He said, "Just do whatever you want to do," and and then that was that was the end of that. I was so glad that happened because I don't know what would have happened if he said, "You're going to stay in school." You know what I mean? No, so it was great. Both how, those parents. How important was DVE and Pittsburgh Radio to your success? There's a long connection there, isn't there? Oh yeah, yeah. That that's way back when Leah came out. That was when, uh, let's see, who was there? Jimmy and Steve were there. Jimmy and Steve, right. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I remember having finished the, the album, and uh, Gennady, the Gennady brothers and I lived like two blocks away from each other. And I remember taking the, the record up there to hear it, and we invited uh, Jimmy and Steve to come and hear it. Uh, I think it might have been just... Uh, just Steve at that time that showed up at uh, at Donnie's house, and he he loved it. And the next day, man, he was playing it on the radio. It was that quick. He he loved it, man. And that's what started it all, man. Pittsburgh started it all. 
Now, you had a line practically around the block to meet you after the show Saturday at Greensburg. That must make you feel better than anything. And uh, everybody out there, if you want to meet Donnie, go to one of these shows because he'll stay there till the last hand is shaken and the last album signed. <laughs> I'll do that Saturday, too, man. And then we got to... <laughs> And we got another one coming up in March, so I'll do it then too, man. Until they're all, until they're all uh, signed and uh, and having having a good time, taking selfies and all that stuff. Now you see a lot of the I same faces at shows, right? I remember I saw you at Monroeville uh, not too long ago, the convention center. Yeah, and, yeah, and I, I don't know the people specifically, the fans, but it, it just seems like a very similar crowd. This is a very loyal audience, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. And what's cool about it is sometimes their kids come and, you know, they're, uh, they're passing everything along to their kids and friends and friends, family and friends. And it's just, it's just great to see them. Yeah, they've kind of like come along with us. You know what I mean? Yep. They, they, they just went right along with us and stayed with us. I love it, man. I love it. Now you have two more birthday shows. The next one's Saturday. Will they be any different than the first show? I heard you might play King Cole all the way through at one of the shows. Yeah, yeah. What we're doing is this Saturday is basically dedicated to the King Cool album. We're going to start off with uh, maybe four or five songs from uh, from some of the other albums, and then we're going to go into the King Cool album from top to bottom. Wow. Every song in order <laughs> all the way to the end of it. And then after that, we're going to do four or five more songs um, so we're going to be up there for a couple of hours at least. Well, Donnie, you're tireless. And, and i got to tell you, thanks for coming on so much. This was great. The show was great. Don't ever stop. It, it's still so good. And, uh, again, thanks, and we'll see you soon, I hope. Okay, thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me, man. No, it, Donnie, my pleasure, believe me. Donnie Iris, King Cole, the greatest Pittsburgh rocker ever. You know what I'd like to do sometime is get Reb Beach to like play an encore with Donnie because that would be the greatest Pittsburgh instrumentalist and the greatest Pittsburgh rock guy period ever on the same stage. That would be really tremendous stuff. Okay, I, there's probably only four tickets left by now, but you got to go see Donnie. I, I'm, like, it, I don't know how to describe it. You see Donnie up there, it really is Jagger-esque. Because I saw the Stones, was it last year or two years ago in Vegas? It's like time stands still. It really is quite amazing. So thanks to Donnie Irison. I wish I could figure out some of the places I used to see Donnie, like back when. I mean, I started, I had to have still been in college the first time I saw Donnie. Yeah, that makes sense, because Leah was 1980. I started going to Duquesne in 1978. That I mean, I know I saw him. He mentioned Mancini's, which is now Club Erotica, if, if, if I'm correct. Well, I've been to that place a lot, not just for Donnie either. 105.9 The X. Now the super genius, Mark Madden. Are you speaking from the inside of an electric razor? Yeah. Luke, I am your father. The X at 105.9. All kinds of football tidbits. Uh, it's been made official by the Steelers. Carl Dunbar, most recently of the Alabama coaching staff, is now the Steelers defensive line coach. John Mitchell has been retained as the Steelers assistant head coach. Maybe he'll be the designated disciplinarian. Kind of like being the only guy with an umbrella in the middle of a hurricane. Jimmy Garoppolo, the quarterback, 
has agreed to a five-year, $137.5 million deal with the San Francisco 49ers. 74 mil of that's guaranteed. 90 million of it gets paid out in the first three years. All the guy did was play like what? Five or six good games at season's end. The state of quarterbacking in the National Football League has dipped so badly, that's all it takes. Less than half a season's worth of good games, and you get 74 mil guaranteed. I think the guy's good. I also think that's a lot of money. No quarter. Brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. One thing should be made clear about the Steelers. Well, two things. The first is bringing in this Dunbar to coach the defensive line and making Mitchell the assistant head coach, which he was anyway, that's not going to solve a lot of problems. The second thing that should be made clear is this. The most important thing the Steelers have to do this offseason is replace Ryan Shazier at inside linebacker. That is by far more important than giving Le'Veon Bell a long-term contract. They need to replace Shazier, whether in the draft or via free agency, and then worry about Bell and whatever else. And I emphasize, I would draft an inside backer in the first round and also sign an inside backer out of free agency. I do not want to count on Vince Williams being a starter. If he's the guy that comes in for X amount of snaps at both inside backer positions, that I think he can do. But the minute Shazier got hurt, Williams had to play a plethora of snaps. I said on this show, you may remember, with Vince Williams, less is always going to be more. And more proved to not be more. More moved to be pretty bad. It it didn't work out so good. And even though I I don't like Vince Williams, I think he's a self-important jabroni, he can play a little bit. So the Steelers have to get enough other inside backers, so he only has to play a little bit. Uh, They had the Eagles Super Bowl parade today in Philadelphia. I didn't see a report of anybody dying, so it went better than expected. One thing was weird about that parade. Nick Foles, the Eagles quarterback and Super Bowl MVP, reportedly has a prodigious male endowment. Some of you may remember the movie Bachelor Party. The stripper, Nick, Nick the what? So all along the parade route, people were holding up giant dildos and pictures and drawings of giant penises. So there's that. Oh, and somebody held up a sign that said, Crosby is still a bitch. Yo, why don't you save that for your Stanley Cup parade, which you're not ever going to have? 412-333-9939 is the number to call. I I do laugh when Steeler media and Steeler fans make a a bigger deal than they should out of John Mitchell now being the assistant head coach and 
they replaced the receivers coach and they're replacing the DB's coach and you know Mike Mitchell excuse me John Mitchell's still going to be the assistant head coach I don't think any of that really matters all that much I think changing the culture is what would matter most and unless they do change the culture they're not going to have a chance you know what I the latest I hear from Steeler fans is and Steeler media and a lot of times they're one and the same New England's going to take a step back. If Gronk retires, well, Gronk's going to retire. Well, what if Brady finally? Well, Brady didn't finally. And he may yet. He will eventually. But he hasn't hit a wall. He's still pretty good. Uh, I think that offense has totally interchangeable parts as long as Brady is somewhere near the height of his powers. We always invent reasons the Steelers are real close. And you know what the sad part is? They really are real close. But to get from real close to all the way there is going to take changing the culture. Going to take focus and discipline. And you're going to hear that from me all offseason. Because focus and discipline. New England had it. Philadelphia had it. Minnesota had it. Jacksonville had it. And that was your final four. They all had hard-ass coaches. They all showed up for work and not super wonderful, crazy fun time. That's what it takes. You know how I know that's what it takes? Because that's what it took. Too many of you live in this black and gold fantasy land where the Steeler way uber alles. But there is no Steeler way anymore. It's the culture of chaos. The Steeler way is dead. Long live the culture of chaos. Because it is what's best for business. My business. Let's go to Carter in the car. Carter, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, what's up, Mark? What up, man? Hey, do you think that if the MLB installed a league minimum uh, minimum cap for salaries... A salary floor... A salary floor. Do you think that Nutting would sell the Pirates, or do you think he would pay out of pocket to reach whatever the I, I think it would depend on how high the floor was. Okay. If, 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 it, if, it, if it reduced Nutting's profit significantly, and he would feel hard done by as a result of there being a salary floor, put it this way. I know his intent is to never sell, to pass the team down to his children and having it be worth a hell of a lot of money when he does. But uh, if anything could make him think twice, it would be a salary floor that was pretty high. That said, I don't think there will be a salary floor, and I still think it'd hold on to the team. I think it'd give the salary floor a chance. Up next, I'm going to talk about the two Bills. The 30 for 30. And how I wish one of them Bills was coaching your Stillers. 105.9 The X.